0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the lines.com coming to you from the West Coast Josh Lander joined by my guy as always Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got a ju- January 20th show for you guys today to end this work week with nine games. In this one, we're taking a look at the Mavs playing host to the Miami Heat, pretty much the surging Miami Heat right now. Also got another game video up in our player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page so you can continue to follow along with us. Also head to thelines.com. That's where we've got everything up there uh, about the NBA in written form for you guys and obviously all those other sports you're betting on as well. Also have our odds finder tool up there. You can use that to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all these bets you're making across U.S. sportsbooks this NBA season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this slate and then talk Mavs and Heat.
1: Yeah, we've got Pelicans minus one at Orlando after they were just stomped by the Heat at home. Uh, Miami is plus one now at Dallas. They opened as slight favorites, but that's fluctuating a little. Golden State plus seven and a half at Cleveland after losing an OT in Boston last night. Still got the under if you waited for it to get to 240 there. The Knicks are plus three at the Hawks. Uh, some injury news to watch for Atlanta there. Trey, Young, questionable. Clips actually might have Kawhi and PG, and they're minus seven at the Spurs, trying to snap their skid. The Pacers still without Halliburton are plus 11 at the Red Hot Nuggets. The, the Nets, 0-4 now without Durant, are plus seven and a half on a back-to-back in Utah. Memphis is minus seven at the Lakers with a 243 total. We will break that da- game down for you in a separate video. And then the Thunder plus three at Kings. DeMonte Sabonis is questionable after missing a game there with an illness. Um, so Miami, yeah, you said starting to get red hot. I mean, I don't want to get too carried away with them winning four of their last five, considering two at home against the giannis Bucks, But I think we can get ahead of this right now in terms of how they match up against Dallas and how vulnerable you know Dallas is going to be now without Christian Wood for at least a week maxi Kleba's still out uh thj hardaway jr is expected to play but i mean wood has been their second best player i don't think anyone can really argue that and had really been coming on strong lately especially um you know playing starter minutes whether you're starting or not and then they've played four games without him this year they're one in three they they score five fewer points per game Uh, Their defensive rating are about the same, but their rebounding struggles. I mean, they they average three fewer rebounds per game, and their two-point shooting drops off a cliff from like 48% to 41%. Um, Dallas already, I don't understand how this is a good offensive team. When I looked at their stats, I'm like, what? (laughs) 30th in paint points, 30th in fast break points, 29th in assists, um, 28th in fourth quarter points as well. Uh, And the answer is just, you know, Luka uh, getting his often getting to the free throw line. They are number one in free throw attempt to field goal attempt ratio. Um, Of course, also third and three pointers made, but at an average percentage. So, but the thing is when you match up with Miami, they're number one in in limiting free throws in their last in this hot streak, they're number one on the road limiting free throws. Um, They're number one in overall defensive efficiency on the road third and assist to turnover ratio, 11th and three point percentage, you know, and they've struggled in that regard lately, but they've still won. Like they, they gave up 22 threes to the bucks, but just dominated them on the boards, 18 offensive rebounds. Um, they gave up thir- 13 threes at a good clip to the Pels, but again, you know, dominated them with finally their full team. I don't know if this is the first time all year that they had their like actual starting lineup, right? Lowry, Hero, Butler, Bam, and then Caleb Martin. And that allows them to bring Struce, uh, Gabe, and and, and Depot off the bench, who had like 50 combined points in that masterclass against the Pels, a 37-9 to to assist-to-turnover ratio. I I mean, Miami is a team we expect to turn the corner at some point. It took maybe a little longer than expected, but they're starting to do it. Um, And and Dallas is obviously floundering a little bit here. Without their second most important player – and they, they have Luka going up against a team that has guarded him very well that that seems to know how to limit, either limit the opposing star or limit what they do to set up other guys. And you look at the the most recent meeting, Luka had 21, 10, and 6, uh, shot 5 for 19. Brunson and and Maxi Kleba were the most important pieces in that win for Dallas. They were plus 12 and plus 13. And in the most recent home game, Luca was a minus 13, even though he had 33 points, only five assists, four plus turnovers, I think, it four straight against the Heat. Uh, so they can do some things to confuse him. And their their overall depth with all four of those guys starting uh, seems to be superior.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just I don't like this Mavs team. Um you know, it's just a quick correlation. Jalen Brunson was huge for this squad because of the fact that they don't get assists. Um, they don't score when Luka's not on the floor. Um, they, they they don't do much of anything without Luka Doncic doing it for them or initiating it. And, and you can put the blame on whomever you want there. Maybe he gets too much usage and he needs a sidekick. Not even interested in that conversation. It's just this team is what it is. And even Christian Wood as your quote-unquote sidekick or a combination of Christian Wood and Spencer Dinwiddie and Tim Hardaway Jr. as your, as your you know, running mates, it, it, it's not enough, uh, you know... Uh, on, on offense, there's not enough, not just playmaking, but playmaking for others, right? Like specifically setting up other people. Um, the only person that you see do that obviously is Luca, the, you know, the, the way that the heat have been playing defense, um, that's really what it comes down to. And I think also the way that Luca has played against the heat. I mean, he's had some, some decent, you know, numbers with some big rebounding games. He's never gotten 35 points against him in his last, specifically in his last four, dating back to like three seasons ago, he hasn't gotten 35 points against them Um, and you know just a quick stat for the difference between what happens when the Mavs win and lose this season specifically what Luca does they won 24 games a season and when Luca in 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 those 24 games Luca is averaging 37 and a half points Um, 37 and a half points 10 boards and 10 rebounds Um, he's actually uh, limiting turnovers as well to like less than four which is good for him right now considering his high ginormous usage right Um, and shooting about 40 percent from three as well I would add which is obviously the correlation you can make for the whole. Mavs team, which is if they're not making threes, there's a huge disparity uh, in terms of when they're win- when they win, they shoot at about a 39% clip. When they lose, it's about a 32% clip, so a pretty big difference. Obviously, that's going to be consistent, but you know across teams, when you win, you make more threes, not that big of a, but for them, it's like very consistent and it's a pretty stark contrast. In the losses, Luca's averaging 28 and a half points a game, right? Seven boards, seven assists, uh, and about four and a half turnovers. So like basically, as Luca goes, so goes this team. And with the way that uh, the Miami Heat have shown that they can limit assists, which Fine, I mean, whatever. Limit rebounds, uh, obviously, very, very big for them because the the Mavs are not getting second chances, um, which is just it creates this ugly, awful 90. You know, these teams have played at basically like a 93 pace the last four times that they've played each other, um, and that in the last two it was actually 92 or so. Uh, they a little bit even slower than their normal when they play each other, and when the Mavs are missing shots, they're you know they're basically bottom five in in, in uh, second chance points and getting offensive rebounds. So you know there's there's no shot for them to really clean anything up because uh, to at the the heater basically doing that for them the entire time right as we know so um I, I, we'll talk about Luca uh in, in player props um you know he just continues to have these giant totals and and to be fair to to him and the Mavs like he needs to get the, th- those 35 points. I just told you he needs to score 37, 38 points for them to win, um, which is what we've been talking about all season. It's going to take more than a Herculean effort. And against the the way that this defense is is sort of rounding into form, and, and specifically Victor Oladipo, you talked about the Miami Heat bench. It's like it's kind of crazy how t- Tyler Hero's out, and you're like, ah, they got Max Struess or Caleb Martin, um, uh, you know. And then it's like, oh well, Jimmy Butler's maybe out, or they're not as good when he's off the floor. Yeah, they got Vic- Victor Oladipo now, who's one of the best wing defenders in the league so far, leading the league in steals since he came back from injury. So, yeah, I just like everything they're doing and, and the, the way that Depot adds that incredible uh, extra length uh, and size on the perimeter.
1: Yeah, and then you put it all together, and it's like, well, they got all those guys, and, and, and who's Dallas got? They got their second-best player injured. and I didn't even get to the rebounding discrepancy, though, but you touched on it. I mean, Miami is number one in rebounding rate, um, even better lately. Dallas is 26th in their last three here and 27th in rebound percentage at home um also they're giving up a lot of twos uh, they're going to be doing even, even more of that without wood uh, and miami is number one in terms of the percentage of their points off two-point field goals in, in this recent stretch here while you know it, it, exactly the way dallas has to score is at the free throw line and miami just does not give that up so the total's a little low for me at 218 i don't think i'm going to touch yeah. it though because like you said how these teams played in their last few meetings, it, it definitely could go under. It it could go over the way you look at how Dallas has played in their last 12, going over nine. Um, but those were against completely different types of teams, like the Rockets three times and the Lakers twice. So I, I'm just banking on Miami winning here. And now you're at even money on the money line with them plus one. I think you just hit that uh, with confidence.
0: Yep, that's that's my best bet too. I Like you said, I don't want to touch the total. There have been a few like weird uh matchups between these two teams where like the heat score hundred and twenty five or um you know it's like 113, <clears> one, you know, one ten or something like that. So um it, it two eighteen is just really, really low. Um, but like you said, I could still see it going under uh and really don't want any part of that. I just I also feel much better about the heat
1: uh and picking on the Mavs right now. So And the Grizz minus seven at the Lakers, the total's at two forty three and a half. And we've seen astronomical totals for the Lakers uh, for a while, because of how they started the season. And, I mean, not just started, but the first, like, three months or so. But they have slowed it down lately. They are at a 98 pace in their last five games here. Four of the five have gone under. The over being an exception against Houston, which is just a, a tanking team. And, I mean, there's, these are unders against elite offensive teams. Denver, Philly, Sacramento, granted, with Sabonis out and a double overtime game against Dallas still all went under. Memphis is on quite a heater, and they've gone over an eighth straight. A lot of those games are at home. A lot of their last 11 wins, in fact, seven of them have been at home. They've covered in their four road games, but disclaimer, I mean, at Toronto without Van Fleet, at Indy without Halliburton, at Orlando and Charlotte, again, tanking teams. Um, And now they're on the road. A little more, at where where they they definitely slow it down. Uh, where they de- they're less likely to explode. For the one twenty six they've been averaging in this uh, win streak. And but for me, I think it's more about the Lakers playing a lick of defense, which we said they were unable to do without Anthony defense. Uh, Anthony Davis. That's a Freudian slip, though. And uh-huh. but they're they're playing decent defense in January. I mean, Wendy and Gabriel and Thomas Bryant are getting more run. I mean, Darvin Ham, it's not like he had a ton of options here. But at the beginning of the season, he seemed like a rookie coach. He just did not have good rotations. Um, You you know, the Lakers could have been better than they were defensively when they started posting 125 defensive rating consistently without Davis just erasing these mistakes. And now he's got a rotation down with those bigs, protecting LeBron a little bit, who doesn't have the energy to score 40 and then also anchor their defense. And in January, they're limiting some key... Uh, factors that Memphis needs, like fifth in fast break points allowed, uh, ninth in points off turnovers, 11th in free throw rate allowed, 11th in offensive rebound allowed, 12th in overall effective field goal percentage. So above average in those things, still well below average in paint points allowed, however, 28th. So that is where we're a little concerned uh, that Memphis does get in there with Jaw and everybody and 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 gets their pain points but 243 we just saw last night with the Warriors Celtics like you can have great offensive teams and 240 is just too high and they couldn't even get there with overtime um the Lakers also this is the fifth game of a home stand for them so you can call that extra rest even though they're on one day rest here and they're 7 and 1 to the under with with two days of rest they're 10 and 4 to the under with a rest advantage They've gone, they've gone under in six of their last nine at home and six of their last nine as underdogs. So this is how they try to keep it, you know, keep it calm. They know they're not going to win these shootouts because they don't have much firepower beyond LeBron. They don't have any shooting uh around LeBron. So they they know they're not gonna want to get up and down here with Memphis.
0: Yep, yeah, agree with, with everything you said. I I I look, you know, looking at their last five games to to make you know your point even stronger about Their understanding of how they have to play right now with the limited sort of firepower they have on offense and the limited defense that they have, especially down low, as you said, in the paint. Um, I don't think they want to get into shootouts where they let, you know, guys like Ja. And Desmond Bain, uh, and all, and even Jay, you know, Triple J get it into space where they're just lethal and, and they're quicker and, and better uh, at what they're doing on offense than the Lakers can possibly withstand on defense. Um, in their last five for the Lakers, uh, where I believe you mentioned they went under right four of their last five, uh, with that one uh, exception being the Rockets, where it's think we all predicted points anyway, like the Rockets weren't about to start playing defense and we knew LeBron was licking his chops to get 35 at least in that one and continue scoring um, you know, route of of the league right now that he's doing, Um, but in their last five uh, with those unders 99 pace down from like the 103 that they were playing on the season 15th in defensive efficiency and then 10th in defensive rebound percentage, which is really huge uh, against these Grizzlies who obviously love to get a bunch of stuff around the rim and and, and crash the offensive boards, um, you know, with Steve Steven Adams and Triple J. So, uh, and then everyone else who's super long, by the way, all over the floor for them. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's. Plenty to like for and under in this one that's where I would turn as well. I also don't love the idea of um trying to tr- you know trying to predict a, a Grizzlies' route of any kind uh like you said Bron LeBron's questionable he's always questionable right now um there's a few guys like he and and uh, Anthony Edwards I think are maybe tied for most questionable tags who then played the whole you know like thirty five minutes or whatever um so no one's worried about that uh, especially against a team where I think LeBron gets to you know live that hype a little bit and get his team back in the limelight against you know, one of the best teams in the West. Um, And and that's going to create a little bit more of a, you know, I think, you know, let's play some defense and let's like actually have uh, a a little bit more uh, efficiency with what we're doing rather than just run and gun when Russ is not necessarily on the floor, but even Russ has been playing a little bit more uh, within the offense and limiting turnovers, as you know, as I think he's on your fantasy team is still doing pretty good stuff for you. Um, so when there, it comes to scoring at home for for the Lake show, they also uh, you know are scoring everything off two point, which is where Memphis plays their best defense. Um, and then they're also actually have been in their last five, uh, seven home games, second in points in the paint have the Lakers um, and Memphis is second in limiting points in the paint. So um, I think that, you know, even in the event that, like you said, the, the biggest fear here is that um you know Memphis does get points in the paint because as you said the, the Lakers are also seventh at limiting um fast break points right now at home over the course of their last seven um where you know the the Memphis Grizzlies is obviously number one in terms of how many fast breaks uh fast break points they're scoring um on the road especially um and and all those things lead to still you know even if the 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 Lakers give up all these points in the paint to just kind of finish things off here about about that like then it's a route at that point. Like there's the only way that the Lakers withstand the, the you know the amount of points in the paint that they are likely to give up to the Grizz is if they're just raining threes. And I, I don't. I, there's been one game I can recall that I have saw that happen where it was wild. I think it was one where they beat the Kings and they shot like 41 percent from three or something. And it was just wild. They hit like 16 of them. That's totally an anomaly for this team. They're not close to the, to the Warriors who easily hit 16 a game. So um, yeah, without the you know without the ability to withstand, it's going to be a route at that point. And then I'm still not worried about 244 points being sports. So really like the under more than anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. The Lakers are are hitting nine and a half threes at 30% in this five game span. Um, and yeah, Memphis is, is great guarding the three point line. They're great everywhere. They're number one in defensive efficiency now uh, after this 11 game heater and what number five on the road overall in the season. It's really the pace for the Lakers. It's like we, they were never an elite offensive team. They were just playing fast enough that we got to the 120s, and that's how they were trying to compete. But again, with a 98 pace, the, the stats are just going to dip on both sides here. And it has to be the number one point of emphasis from LeBron and the coaches is like, look, we got to get back against this team. We cannot let Ja get going in the open court. Um, and, and that's what they'll be able to do, I, I think, uh, to a degree at least, is keep this relatively close. Or if they don't, like you said, they'll pull the plug and get ready for their quick road game in in Portland in two nights. And and they they probably won't come along for the ride with 120 um, if LeBron's going to be getting some rest.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they are either. I would fully agree. Like you said, are they going to come along for the ride if, if LeBron needs rest? Not really sure. But either way, what, if he's getting his, they're just able to shut down what everybody else is doing. Like you said, I've been focused so much on, on, on Memphis's paint defense, but they've just been basically the best defense. Um, and I think that's slower pace for the Lakers over their last five or so, three of which were at home. Uh, I think you can bank a little bit more on this one going to, to uh, that, that route as well. So
1: you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lions Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a
0: better sports bettor. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first play-a-prop tonight, the finisher.
1: <laughs> yeah, you really want to break out that nickname for Laurie Markkinen. I did. Who is trending now as an all-star starter, maybe? Is he going to start over LeBron James in the all-star game, or are they just going to make room for him? Uh, either way, I mean, he's on a tear. Since yeah. Christmas, 31 points per game, 10 and a half rebounds. And something shifted in the last five games for Utah. He's only played in three of those. But Walker Kessler has been starting at center. And that leads to a little bit more usage, a little bit easier scoring for marketing, more room to operate. Um, or, you know, maybe maybe it's actually a little more clogged on offense, but his scoring has not dipped. But his rebounds have gone up to 13 and a half per game in three Alongside Walker, who's a big dude who's just going to box out. You know, think Steven Adams, think Brooke Lopez. They're going to clear out and let their power forward come in and clean up. And you're playing a Nets team that's dead last in offensive efficiency without KD either 0 4, 102 offensive rating, 45% field goal shooting. And they're getting out rebounded 50 to 41 on average in these four games. So, uh, marketing. You can take the twenty-six and a half points and feel pretty good about it with the Nets on a back-to-back here. I mean, maybe you worry about the blowout factor, or you can take nine and a half rebounds, or you can you can tack the two together. Thirty-five and a half points rebounds seems fine to me, uh, but I think he gets a double-double here and continues to board up with his with his big center alongside him.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing you worry about is the blowout factor. Um, I don't know if the Nets are going to be able to hang around at all. Uh, But Utah is going to be putting up points no matter what. Um, That's my only fear. Like I said, nothing against anything else you're saying. Uh, I don't think this is going to be your typical type of game that Utah is used to in the sense that like, what are the nets right now? It's just if Kyrie doesn't do something amazing, it looked like G league offense last night um, versus the Suns, who aren't exactly world beaters on offense right now without their two best players and, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, just worried about that. that. That's my only thing. I still love uh, the idea of him being able to get the the rebounds at the very least. Maybe it's a little bit choppier, um, but points and rebounds I would, I would add together to, to get a few more boards in there as well. Like you said, those 13 with Walker Kessler uh, in the lineup. Love to see. That so uh, taking a bet here that as we have said before is not for the faint of heart Nate uh Luka Doncic under uh Stop me if you've heard that before. You have not heard that before. 44.5 points and rebounds. I, I threw the rebounds in there. You like the rebounds a lot um, at about 10.5, right? And the points are sitting at 34.5. You combine them together on on DraftKings. You get minus 105. Gets you pretty close to even money. So kind of like the idea of doing that as opposed to like a minus 120 or so for the under on the points. Um, but, dude, this is so high versus a Miami team. We talk about this in, in our game video with them. Uh, in his last four versus Miami, 26 a game, 10 points, 6.5 assists. He's never hit 35 in that time, the average pace in that time frame for those four games is 93 with an average score of 109 to 105. Don't get me wrong. The Mavs could score 109 points and Luca could have 40. It wouldn't be shocking necessarily, um, but th- that's just not against a Miami team tonight that has actually been rounding a lot better into form. Uh, number one, limiting opponent rebounds uh, on the road, average uh, averaging uh, only 108 points a game. Are they allowing on the road uh, and allow the third fewest points per game to, to point guards as well, about 22 and a half on the season. So it, it doesn't look. It's not a good matchup for Luca, especially as we know when he when he's not scoring basically 36 Seven thirty-eight points, which is essentially what his prop is at and 35 tonight, th- this Mavs team doesn't win. Uh, he needs to score 37 or they lose in the, the games. They've lost this season 28 a game. So I think there, there's these, there's just way, way too high uh, against uh, you know, th- this, this heat team. Whereas I might not feel like it's too high if the, the Mavs are playing, say the Lakers, right. But they're not. So,
1: yeah, I mean, the points are the scariest thing with Luca, which is why we'd never take an under because he can score 35 in his sleep. It seems he's the ease, the leading scorer in the NBA and even Miami, you know, with their good schemes are probably going to allow him to get around 30. I think that what why I like the rebounds more and maybe under on the assists as well is, is that they're going to just try to shut down everybody else and that he doesn't have Christian Wood as a pick and roll partner or Kleba as a pick and pop partner. I think maybe Luca doesn't get double digit rebounds or assists here, and you get plus 265 on no double ah, double. I saw that. Uh, so I like the juice yeah. there, but I like what you're saying, just kind of lumping the stats together. Maybe all the PRA, which is 54.5. So at some places, you can tack on 10 more assists and try to get under that way. Uh, but not. There there are
0: not many players in the NBA that you're going to get plus 265 for them to not get a double double. There's like five yeah. of them. And Luka's one of them.
1: And the Joker by the way, who's who might be in a blowout tonight at home, but we're staying exactly. in this game with Bam, Adebayo and like we like points for Luka, but we do we like the other stuff for Bam uh because in the game video we talk about how Miami should dominate the glass in this one. They're first in rebounding. Over the last five, Dallas is 27th, and they're without two of their big guys, Wood and Kleba, and, and even with some guys in there, Bam in his last seven against Dallas is averaging 12 boards and five assists per game, 11 plus rebounds in six of those outings. Also getting about 17 points per game, he's scoring more right now uh, as the Heat are pulling their season up. 21 and a half points in his last seven, also 11 rebounds, also two and a half assists and three and a half stocks. So there's a lot to like in terms of not just the points, which I think are a little high at 20, 20 and one and a half. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring in this game, but I do think 13 and a half rebounds assists is very low. That's even money at FanDuel or just the rebounds at DK. But I think he can be diming up here and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 11, 12 rebounds. And then all you need is two dimes uh, because like I mentioned in the game video again, 36 rebounds per game without Christian Wood. Mavs are averaging in four games and they're dead last in crashing the glass. The opponents have the highest defensive rebound percentage against them.
0: Yeah. Offensive rebound percentage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they can, they can be, or yeah, defense rebound. either way. Bam for rebounds. Love it. Yeah. 11 boards. And then all he needs is like, uh, like you said, the three assists, uh, at that point, I think, yeah, I think he's good for four or five. I mean, the, the points don't scare me only because he's, since he's come back, um, Jimmy's been a little bit more of a facilitator as well. And, and Bam has been, really you know leading the 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 team in terms of having the ball in his hands it's it's really between he and uh and Jimmy Butler at this point and, and what they can do so I'm fine with anything you really want to take with Bam tonight, um, but I do understand that we both like uh, there. T- know there's not going to be that many points in a total that already has a, two- a low one with 218. So maybe stay away from those, just in the event that like it's not out of the question at all that he gets like 20 points. Uh, it just doesn't quite get you there. So um, I'm going to finish things off for the week with the White Wilt, aka Vika Zubach, who only received that name because of like a three-game period where he went bananas. But um, obviously cooled down. It's got pretty low props right now. Ten and a half points, minus 110 on. DraftKings, kings if you want to add the rebounds in there for the big guy 20 and a half points and rebounds is minus 115 I think I stay with the points the only thing that scares me is like they he he seems to score a bunch in like the first quarter maybe the second then really like in the second half it's like it's just basically up to you know whoever whichever Form of PG or Kawhi in the game at that point, and some Norman Powell, by the way. But uh, in his, you know, he's playing the, the Spurs tonight. Um, I, I think it's going to be a bit closer than people might think. Uh, it's not that big of a spread in favor of the Clips. I think they hang around, and Zubach is needed if, if Purtle going to be out there for the amount that he has been. Uh, we talked about that recently. He's definitely on the trading block, uh, and so they need to feature him out there. That's why he's been getting 30 plus minutes, which means when you see him out there, you'll see Avika out there. Uh, in his last three, Zubach is, is averaging about 12.5 and about nine boards. Uh, but in his last seven versus the Spurs about 10 a game and 12 boards so I mean maybe you just want to get the 21 points and rebounds in there because he's going to get double digits of at least one of those categories um, I think it's going to be points either way the Spurs do give up the fifth most uh, points to opposing centers and the third most rebounds to centers over the course of the last two weeks uh, which is when Pirtle has been there in there and to be honest this has been probably his worst defensive season of his career in, J- in Jakob pertle as he's you know giving up one of the highest percentages uh, opponent field goal percentages around the rim in the league which is just a that he's usually really good at. Uh, So I think you can continue to to maybe fade Pirtle uh, and, and, you know, ride with Zubac. I
1: don't know if it's fading Pirtle as much as saying, like, if he's playing, the Clippers are going to play an actual, a true center. And then you can trust Zubac to get his minutes. And and on a per 36 basis, he's definitely getting a double-double, which is plus 145. Uh, at FanDuel, not bad odds there. Yeah, you could just do 10.5 rebounds, or you could just do 10.5 points, whatever you feel better, or lump the two together and hope that, like Josh is saying, he goes a little bit over on one. But I think I think he's definitely a double-double-double threat in that, uh, That yeah, this could be a, an interesting game with, with Kawhi revenge here at the Spurs. I mean, he was quiet in the first matchup with them, but now he's feeling a little bit better. He's got PG at his side and um I mean the Spurs are are just a young team that, that that that's bad at rebounding, bad defending the paint, bad everywhere so they can set up Zubac for some dunks for sure.
0: Yeah. For sure. Uh, We'll see what happens with this Clippers team. I don't like it. We talked about them a lot in our article with Mark Medina. That is our our podcast with Mark Medina. That's going to be coming out as well uh, about some future stuff. So make sure you do like and subscribe so you can follow along and check out that futures video. Maybe get some of those bets in on the awards that are coming up at the end of the season. Either way, that's all the time we have for you guys today. So until we see you next, happy betting.